I have some opinions on that too, though. I mean, because if I'm. to yet another episode this is the uh, top o the table podcast podcast about board games role-playing games tabletop games top of the table to you caleb top of the table to you travis see you right down to it talking about tasha's cauldron of everything it's the newest supplement that wizards has released for fifth edition which, I, I mean, honestly, like, as an aside, is something that I, I feel they could be even more aggressively releasing these things for. But I, I got to say that as far as, like, the supplements go, Tasha is one of my more preferred ones so far. I think I'm okay with the release schedule. I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of splat books. So this is, you know, it's fine. It's good. What it does, it does what it does. They're definitely not for everybody. But I, I feel like there's a there's a like type of person out there who is like kind of starved for this content there. I mean, at least that my evidence is that, you know, there's those kinds of people go on to like DMs guild and they seek, you know, they actively seek that stuff out. And a lot of the, those times you're sometimes you can get really good stuff, but a lot of times you're not really quite sure what you're going to get. At least with like the wizards release stuff, you kind of have like a baseline of quality that you expect. For sure. Yes. And you want, you want something that is official. Like if you bring a hardback book that wizards of the coast published, Gives you a little gravitas. Well, that and um, I mean, not only like not only because if you if you find the thing that you want to play in those in those books, not only does it give you your oomph to actually like, you know, get your DM to allow the thing. It, it definitely helps that. But also your your DM doesn't have to do the same level of like scrutinizing homework on the thing to make sure that it's that it's balanced. I have some opinions on that, too, though. I mean, because if I'm. Where I'm at in my role-playing games these days is I want to be as rules-light or as supplement-light as possible. I just want to do, like, base game, have a good time, go, which I realize it's, it makes makes me sound kind of like a grognard. But uh, the problem with a lot of these supplements can be um, your, your players get it and the, the dungeon master doesn't. It's like, hey, I bought this new book. I want to use it. And it's like, ah, oh, well, I wasn't really planning on buying that book and using it. And then you see, so you have to kind of be like, sorry, you can't use the thing that you went and spent your money on that the company. I'm kind of of the opinion that I don't even, even the base stuff in D and I would have to go back and do a good amount of reading on. Right. So once my party is chosen, if I've got, once I've got my four or five dudes, I'm going to have to go back and read up on four or five classes either way so if they're right. a, if they're a supplement class or they're a, a base class it and i mean i have to open one book extra or whatever but like mostly that's something that i i think that i would extend to a group that i no, i wouldn't do this maybe for like a, a group of like new players that i was showing the game but if it was a group of people that i knew were going to like give me um you know, return on that work that I'm putting in on like setting up their really customized playthrough, um, then I can I can wrap my head around it and I, I can justify it in, in my games at least. I'm not going to let everything in just because it's in a book, 
but I will let potentially anything in from a book if the, you know, the player wants to play it and it, it looks reasonable and it fits my campaign. You know, I'm not totally hundred uh, percent against Nope, not doing any supplements, not doing any any of this nonsense. I just you know, it's case by case basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And some stuff's more ridiculous than others. Do you know I mean depending on your campaign world or your game? Well, yeah, certainly things are like it can get really out there. I mean the the three kobolds in a trench coat is now like in it's in the the D the D and D Beyond stuff. Like it's uh it's official to to you know some degree. So like it, yeah, it being like wizards endorsed doesn't necessarily make it like infallible. But I think the biggest thing is that you're like I kind of expanded. I just kind of slowly started to expand what it what the core rules mean for me. There's the flip side, the flip side to where if you if you do go like whole hog and you really push the supplements is you have like something more akin to a 3.5 situation where you've just got holy shit so much content that's like constantly thrown at you and people are bringing their own books and there's a billion different things and some dude wants to do like an artificer and some guy's talking about doing a, a, a blood demon hunter and you don't even like you're like yeah, you don't even yeah. know what that is, or it's like, hey, can I play a gunslinger? And I'm like, uh, no. no. It's like I haven't even I haven't considered yeah. guns. <laughs> um, but things, I mean, things got way out of hand in even in like second edition with the with the splat books with like the complete fighter's guide, the complete wizard's guide, the complete priest's guide. Like all these, there's a guide for every class, and it has ten kits in each book and the kits are way differently balanced and i mean as as a guy that's trying to run a game and also as a guy who owned most of those books i can also appreciate it's like hey i'm a guy i'm trying to run a game and i don't own any of these then people show up it's like oh can i take this cavalier kit and you're like Oh, okay, sure. And it's like without understanding those implications kind of at all. Skim over it, but you don't. That's fine. But the, if it's just one person, but then the next person, and once you've allowed the first one, you're you're you've, you're ba- you're kind of like roped into like now the next guy who asks, you can't really be like no because he's going to be like, well, you let fucking Billy or or you know whatever. Right. I mean, things things can get mm-hmm. out of hand, and it's it's just a lot more work for you if everybody's bringing these right different- well and also on the flip side of the scenario you gave where it gets out of hand and everybody um everybody ends up coming with their their cool homebrew class that one i'm actually almost i don't even think that's worst case scenario because at least then everybody gets their cool thing to play i think the worst thing that can happen with a lot of those like older editions with some with how cool some of the homebrews is is only one person shows up with their cool custom class and everybody else is playing shit from the player's handbook and then and then you don't understand those implications and then it turns out that that guy gets like flight and fucking all sorts of crazy dope shit and he just looks so much cooler than everybody else in the group um I, I think that's like worst case scenario because then you've only got one person having fun as the DM. You're pulling your hair out because you don't really know how to like gimp him in a way that doesn't feel like hard targeting. 
the opposite of that is also a possibility where uh, you've got you have so many people playing these weird kits and subclasses, and you've, somebody's just like, I just wanted to be a just like a fighter. So you've, you have lots of people around the table playing these kits, and somebody who did not want to, didn't have access to them, or just didn't want to, they're like, I'm just being like a straight straight class out of the book, but everybody else is playing something out of, you know, the complete whatever right. handbook. And that 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 person that didn't choose those options is absolutely left behind. Yeah, and and I mean, even like, I mean, some of those classes were egregious. Like, I, I can't think of it, but I can remember looking over like, and it, maybe even more often than not compared to a... Um, player's handbook class from at least, at least 3.5 that's about as far back as like my history goes but there was stuff that you would look at in some of those other books where you're like man i don't even like i don't know why anybody once they saw this would ever consider if this were allowed in play like would why they would ever consider those but like some of them were so strong that even if you were to like really really build in like a in a gamer way with the player's handbook, you would struggle to reach just this this single class option for, you know, uh, Gunslinger is, is actually a good example because I can remember a few different Gunslinger options that just seemed absurd, where it was like, yeah, I guess the drawback is they go through ammo quicker, but they also <laughs> mow everything down. I feel like I'm in danger. I mean, I feel like I'm in danger of getting into a uh, small world situation. <laughs> Again, we're just just making fun of making fun of old. Hey, hey, can I play? Uh... Right. I definitely want to go, jump into uh, some of the specifics of uh, Tasha's. So uh, the first big thing in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything is the customizing your origin. It's it's basically you don't have to like if you're a dwarf, you don't have to have a plus two to your constitution you can have a plus two to whatever you want as anything you just just uh pick a race and just add the bonus wherever you want essentially the the first part of the tasha's cauldron of everything how do you feel about that um i i think this is uh I, I knee jerked a bit when i when i initially heard that i'm not gonna lie but on, but i i think for like I, I just think for like um, like historical reasons, because I'm so used to playing one way. I, the, the more I think about just about any rule, and like honestly, the real issue with me and like thinking about a D and D rule is like the longer I think about it, with with just about any with just about any rule, is that given the nature of like a game like this, over time I'm eventually cool with basically any rule because it's like, well, I don't have to use that, and if you want to use it, then go ahead. So that that's right. kind of where I come around to where it gets like I kind of have to give these takes quickly because otherwise my my take on it is so often going to be like, well, you know, I, I probably won't use this because to me, it makes sense that like orcs would just naturally be stronger than like halflings and like halfling would incur some advantages. But like I could see how maybe somebody who was running a game might want to omit that altogether for i don't know maybe they're running younger people or or new people or maybe they have a different idea where orcs aren't big brawny dudes they're you know like whatever right right like they're they're the scholars of the world i mean that's always been a thing that you could do 
and I I feel like this is is kind of saying and you know it's like okay well now it's officially in the rules that you can definitely you know it's like you can play a smart orc or you can play a you know an elf that's stronger than they are quick I feel like it's it's a good thing I like that you could play a a slow elf or an unhealthy dwarf or whatever you know you can go against your tropes you can just put your your bonus wherever you want to and be whatever class you want I like that you know I'm I'm not one of these people that's like oh, I've only I've only played first edition forever and it's like well you know congratulations for never opening up to new yeah. ideas like role playing has has advanced a long way it's like saying it's like I never drove nothing but a uh, 84 Chevy Cavalier yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, more power to you, I guess. Yeah. Um, no, I, I feel that. And I, I mean, maybe it, it may be for min maxers, uh, but like, I, I don't know. I, I got to think that, like, overall, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to be able to just do whatever you want. But I also, at heart, I, I, I liked having to play within the, the restrictions provided by the, the racial, sort right. of tropes like if i want to play a i loved when they opened it up to where you could be a dwarven wizard but i like i don't want to i don't want to be able to play a dwarven wizard and get all the uh dwarven benefits but then change my plus two constitution to plus two intelligence. Yeah. i liked playing the thing and using the benefits of the race as also kind of like a hindrance to I could see how there's two schools of thought because because it's kind of a means to the same end. Like if I'm one, like most people who are doing this are going to do it so that they can because so they can do that sort of thing. So they can vary from like the the racial norm. It's it's basically a, another that level of inherent like racial downside because I, I it makes sense to me that somebody who had been focusing on this regardless of race would be more equipped by the time that they're like a player character right like if you're a coming of age elf druid or whatever and you've been studying in like some kind of coven for however long it makes sense to me that like by the time that you are the story picks up with you that you would be more apt to have like a plus two in charisma or you know your appropriate stats rather than you know the the elf thing like dexterity or whatever right so, I mean, obviously, if you're going to change the the racial norms, it should be a part of a backstory. But a lot of the time, the backstory just kind of stays in the back for a lot of players. Right. Let's play why I don't have a, a group, because I don't like the way a lot of the people that I've been able to play with recently have played, where it's just like, oh, I'm going to play this. I'm going to play. I'm going to be an elf just for the plus two to dexterity. And or you know, like using it the opposite way. So in a sense, this is this is fine. It's kind of it's most anti-min max or I mean, it's fine. Yeah. To be able to do I was I was tired of playing I was tired of playing games with people who were playing an elf just to get the Yeah, cookie cutting. Yeah, just I was tired of playing a game with people who were Taking playing an elf just to get the plus two to dexterity, but otherwise playing nothing else that was elf like. Yeah, I think that it's uh, that's maybe the um, 
I don't I don't know what like I don't know how to break that into people or to like get a different like to build a different overall uh like I don't know how you break down somebody's shell in a short amount of time to get them to like role play I I, I don't want to say role play correctly but to role play more um considerately maybe like it it seems like they just kind of like like they because they added the ideals, bonds, and flaws, people kind of go off that, and then like all of these other things that they chose about their character, they they sort of like overlook. And like even those bonds and flaws and stuff, you're a little lucky to get out of some players. Yeah, I think this is also a different conversation. Really. We're, we're, we're talking about this in the context of fifth edition. I mean, it's right, but we have a whole we have a whole book to, we have a. A whole book to, of stuff. Yeah. To get well, I also figure that like a lot of these things, like it's going to be hard to like the 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 very like the next chapter, like chapter one character options with like as soon as it goes into the classes, gets immensely harder for us to really dive in on. So like I, the the classes, it's almost like a brief overview that we would have to give because like yeah, we're gonna have to do like uh, like brief overview. As far as like, because I mean, as far as supplements go this one is is jam-packed like there there is no shortage of content here whether you like the content or not it's a different story but like there's a lot of stuff yeah yeah there's a lot of stuff here there's i mean i think i feel like it's equivalent to you know xanthar's Mm -hmm. guide to everything though and even like the sword coast adventurer's guide it had a lot of it had a little bit of stuff for each class this goes a little bit deeper than those did i think for each class but uh, let's talk a little bit about let's talk a little about the artificer, brand new, whole new class. How do you feel about the artificer? I, I for me, it's kind of polarizing. There, there are there, there are like world settings that I think that it makes a lot of sense in, and then there are other right. settings where I think that this is going, you know, like a, people are going to bring this to a table, and their DM is going to disappoint them because it, it, it's at odds with ev- everything that their world has canonically. Right. I when I first started reading this, I was like, "Yeah, okay." And even the picture here looks like it's of a gnome. It seems very gnomish, you know, like gnome, like making things. I like the idea of even this picture. This looks like a. This looks like a. This looks like a photo out of Shadowrun, which is kind of which is crazy. Yeah, that's the other thing I was going to get at there. That picture does look like it's. It's a very. It does look like a picture out of Shadowrun, or uh, it doesn't look like a D&D picture. There's like a metal bird, and there's like laser fire, there's guns. It's very, um, so right. I mean, that could, that's not the, that's not the D&D game that I want to run. This, this picture depicts a setting that I'm very much interested in, but it's not, it's not my it's not my Dungeons and Dragons game. Yeah, like it's like a Shadowrun. And there are uh, tons game. of systems. Like it, it almost seems like it, like there are tons of systems that I, I feel like offer these types of classes with these types of settings that are tailor made for it. It seems kind of weird to like shoehorn in stuff like this. And like I said, I mean, like for certain worlds, it it makes a lot of sense. I I guess, but. I feel like this this picture is also kind of like it's not in touch entirely with the even if you read the whole artificer class. I mean, I guess it can be, but it's not like 
I mean, the the class balancing and, sh- and and everything within seems like it's probably all right. Like as far as the actual numbers and and everything go, like it seems like it's and I'm sure it's fun. Um, it doesn't look unfun, but it, it just I think the biggest issue for me is that like it's yeah, it's not going to fit into a lot of games, and I think it's and I think it's going to disappoint a lot of players who bring it to the table because it does look fun. It has a lot of uh, very steampunk. Uh, element to it like even I was like okay well that's just you know like kind of a picture of a thing but Amy, when you when you scroll down and you look at the different the subclasses or the artifacts or specialists you have the alchemist okay that's pretty that's fine you know it's like you know kind of standard D thing I'm like making stuff but then the artillerist and then the uh, what's the last one the the armor all these artificer infusions, yeah, the armor, and then you look at the rest of the artwork, and you get these clockwork beasts. It's very, it definitely adds a very. Steam and it kind of harkens back to what you're saying, where like it, it, you know, if I think the artificer is a prime example of like you're going to bring this to the table, and it's going to have so many cool little tricks that it's going to look way. It's going to. It has the potential to kind of like just look way cooler than your fire, your fighter, or your. Or just way different. Like somebody's going to come to the table and they're going to be like, hey, I'm, I'm playing the Artificer. I got this new book. I got this Artificer. And they're joining your game that you've already established that doesn't, just doesn't feel that way. Like maybe you're playing a game in a world that doesn't have, you know, clockwork owls or, I mean, this, this is, I mean, it's good stuff. Mm. But it's not. Um, it's not for everyone. I like it. I like that. I like that they add that. They give you that ability. But it seems like it's as a table. You need to be going in that yeah. direction with your game. Like you can't. You can't have. You know, a bunch of people doing a completely different thing and be like, "Hey, can I show up with my uh, gnome that can make a metal bear and shoot?" guns of magic yeah i I, (laughs) i'd be like like no you you can't jump into my greyhawk game it also seems yeah especially (laughs) yeah um especially though like one of the things that seems odd about it to me is that this is released i mean like it's released alongside additional supplements for the base classes but it's like this themed of a class and it's alone and and like you're saying like you would kind of need to be heading in that direction anyways so like you would expect yeah. like, but i mean it's, it's, it's cool. cool if you're if you're taking your game in that direction if you're doing like a very steampunk or like a spell jammer mm-hmm. or you know you're you're doing you're doing something that's different this is i just don't i feel like i wanted to be like yeah, I could put the artificer in my uh, Greyhawk game. I I no, don't think, I think I can under very specific. I would have to limit the person too yeah. much. So I'm glad that they they grabbed it. But that's that's part of why I don't like the splat book thing. It's because you you end up butting heads with people. I mean, I do I do have a D and D group. Some people online, but as far as going over to someone's house, like there are people that I could go play D&D with, but I don't want to because they want to play a different 
type of D&D that I want to Which play. is, I mean, which is like the classic, the like, I mean, the, the you know, the, the issue, basically. Like, because you can, you can start a million groups, but how many ever even make it to session two before, you know, two people didn't show up that night right. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, overall, I like the artificer. Basically, I think that what I was, what I was getting at is that it seems strange, though, if you're going to be, because, like, just, I think just adding the artificer alone adds, like, it does take you down such a direction um, that it seems strange to only come out with this supplement of, like, here's this class. And then these other classes don't like these other archetypes don't really lean into steampunky shit either. Yeah, like the artificer should be in like a in a whole another supplement that is very steampunky and has a bunch of like, hey, do you want to turn your D and D game into like a very steampunky D and D game? Right. They, they even did that. Uh, that Magic the Gathering supplement. They could have even slapped that in there. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, there's enough. It was like Ravnica. There's enough variance in Ravnica that an artificer could fit in there. Like there's a million. But it just seems strange to release this because it 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 does. It's not very cogent. It doesn't have a whole lot of tools with it to like ship now a steampunk world. Right. And I think that our Tasha's Guide to Everything. That's going to have to be a two part series. Pretty Pretty fat book. I mean, we spent 47 minutes making puns on Small World. True, (laughs) true. All right, Caleb, so where can you find us at? I'm glad you asked. So the primary place where you could listen to us at is topofthetable.podbean.com, but we're also on Apple and Google Podcasts. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Top of the Table. Uh, same with Instagram. We're also on Twitch now. We'll be doing uh, some paint streams. That's just twitch.tv slash Top of the Table. On Facebook, we are Top of the Table Podcast. And of course, if you want to reach out and email us, you can. And that's uh, Top of the Table Podcast at gmail.com. So, really, any of those are either an appropriate way to reach out to or listen to us. Excellent. Wrap one elf up in paper and make it the other one did it. Okay, we'll cut that.